Hey everybody, welcome into the home office, not Roosters. This is a Letterman Live uh, brought to you by our good friends who are still open for carryout. Uh, make sure that you are, uh, if you need some of that uh, mac and cheese bites that Anthony Schlegel, my co-host right now, uh, isn't getting on a normal Monday, that they are still open for business. They're also uh, looking for more ways that they can give back to the local communities uh, here in Ohio as the coronavirus has has shut down bars and restaurants and, and spring football as well. Schlegel's... Um, Hope you're well. Hope you've been uh, bending your knees to dodge this virus and uh, taking care of the rest of that family. How are you? I'm doing great, brother. It's uh, great to have me on. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, we were talking to the kids last night, and it was kind of like, what are you, what are you praising God for? What are you, what are you thankful for? What are you worried about? You know, trying to get all these concerns out. And really, the message is: listen, we got to have positive self-talk. Like, he's in control. You know, what are you going to learn through this trial and tribulation? And, you know, let's treat each other with any respect and love and, and grow in love with one another. And, like, these are times that you don't necessarily get during the week with your loved ones. So how can we love them more? And, you know, we went and hiked, like, 40 acres the other day looking for sheds, and kids are carrying BB guns. And I'm like, <laughs> this is great. I mean, when else are we going to do this, you know? So, you know, just kind of attack and dominate, but while at the same time also respect what our government says and uh you know they're shutting down offices but people are still trying to give back and support each other and support your community and that's what we're all doing yeah so uh, letterman row is going to continue to attack and dominate we have all gas no brakes but we do have to be smart about what uh how we're using that gas right now so yeah. obviously you you can't see us we're not at roosters today we hope to get back to normal we hope that you're able to see us uh, on video and we can get back to Letterman Row offices and Roosters restaurants as soon as possible. But we also want to continue to provide uh, our normal content as much as we can. We don't want this to be solely about the coronavirus. We want to provide a distraction. We want to provide our normal Ohio State football coverage as much as we can. Uh, and right now, obviously, Schlegs and I are trying to make the best we can of this situation just over the phone. It's not what we want to do, but it is what we're going to do uh, today and for as long as necessary. But hopefully you guys can understand that. And I don't know, maybe maybe we'll get some carry out and Schlegs can describe the mac and cheese bites next week. I don't know. I can describe both of y'all's beautiful faces right now. You know, yours is kind of like kind of pale and reddish, you know, that yeah. with that hair color and, you know, facial <laughs> growth you got. And Spence is kind of over there clean shaven, probably fasting till 2, 2 p.m. So, you know. Yeah, we. I can describe it. I, I have good thing. I have really good uh, photographic memory here. That's right. That's what we've got you for. So, all right. If if we're going to talk about this, you know, uh, this situation, how it relates to Ohio State football, we were at Roosters at this time last week. We were talking about, you know, well, maybe there'll be no spring game. Uh, maybe they'll scale some stuff back attendance wise. But really, I mean, this thing is so dramatic, dramatically, drastically different. In just seven days' times, it's it's hard to know where exactly Ohio State goes from here. But spring football, look, if if you have to, you can't have gatherings over fifty people for the next eight weeks, there's not going to be spring football. Um, and that in Ohio State has also closed down the Woody, which I think is really the thing that probably blows Schlegs' mind. You look at these guys. I I kind of am of the opinion, Schlegs. I'm curious your take on this, where you'd at least leave the facility maybe available to them because the other option is. You got to go to, you know, Planet Fitness and and be out there, and maybe that'll get closed too. I, I I just thought that might be a refuge for Ohio State football, but you know that that's got to be a low on the priority list. But I wonder if you're talking about getting a football team ready, 
you know, how this might impact that sort of life. And I know that's just a small fraction of, of day-to-day life, but that's that for us, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. And here's what I'm going to say about that. One, I completely understand because the liability of bringing kids in, even though there's so many precautions and measures that we have while you're a coach of sanitizing the training room, the weight room, guys that have open wounds getting into the hot tub or the cold tanks or whatever. There's all these different things that, that go on to make sure that the training space, not necessarily even for the coronavirus because, I mean, this just happened, but for staff infection and other things like that that go around in really close, intimate training quarters such as, you know, the weight room. Uh, so I understand that the difficult thing is as a coach, like you want guys being together. It's the same reason why I brought my kids down to the farm. Like they're all young. They need to get out. They need to burn that energy, right? And so mm-hmm. now you have these guys who've been training full tilt. They had one week of spring practice. They go on spring break. Now what? So all that, you know, as a coach, you're looking at, and as a player, all this training that I did, those gains that I made can easily be evaporated, right? When yeah. you take an extensive uh, layoff, especially every training. Now is when guys have to be really creative about what they do. And this is not just affecting student-athletes, but it's affecting our, our military and our National Guard of all these other people that go out and train remotely. Where do they go? And it's why it's so imperative that training is a lifestyle. And I think the number one thing that Coach Mick does there and what they do in their training is this is what it takes to be elite. Now you're on your own to go do it. So there, I guarantee you, this is not me having talked to them they have already given them body weight training protocols for them to be able to do condition. Cause the number one thing you have to do when you come back is you got to be in shape and anybody can go outside and run, you know what I mean? And run the way that we want to. Anybody can go outside, get on a field and do some drops and do some, some skill development work, right? You can go do that on your own. I don't necessarily have to have a partner. So the teams in our country that are the most disciplined Right. And understand that, hey, I got to take advantage of this time are going to be the ones that have significant gains moving forward. Then the next step is when they come back, whenever that time is, what is our plan in place to reacclimate them into this training? Because if you want to go all gas, no breaks when they come back, that's when guys are going to get hurt. Right. Because you can't you have to ooze them back into the proper training protocol because it's going to be paramount that once they go into fall ball, the healthiest teams are going to be the ones that see the gains mm-hmm. to start the season. So all of this is already being thought out well, well in advance. And again, grand scheme of things, let's take care of our country, let's take care of our population. But you still have to focus on the present and being proactive and creating those solutions moving forward. And number one, I truly believe Ohio State – has the coaches and the resources to be able to do that. And it's through the training of our athletes. They understand that too. So guess what? We not me mentality. What I got to do to take care of my body for my teammate, stay healthy, right? Eat, sleep. And those things will happen. And when they come back, boom, they're going to execute that plan at a higher clip than I believe most of college football. So if you were in charge legs and, and really you should be, um, no, how I much, should not be. <laughs> how much time, uh, so as you look at this, Ohio State has 12 basically unused spring practices. We know how valuable they are, and, and 
you might not have loved them as much or, or been looking forward to them as much as I was, but you know, they're, they're important for the coaching staff. They're important for the players. Those are gone. Um, and not everybody, you know, Clemson had used nine, some, some schools had started in February. So that's not all the same. The playing field is not even, but how much time is going to be needed? Do you think before the normal training camp, or is it necessary to give them some practices back in July? If you were going to, if you were going to be putting together a plan for college football or Ohio State, what would you want uh, once you're allowed to get back together? Yeah, great question. They definitely have to have these practices back. Um, You cannot have them go into fall camp. Again, it's a business, right? So you want to have a great product on the field. So whenever it is that they can go back, and again, we've – We've talked about this. Well, I, we, we haven't talked about it, but I was researching this kind of like the the, flu in, the influenza outbreak in the early 1900s. Yeah. Now they were talking about sick patients were doing better when they were treated outside, had sunlight. The heat will do some things to this virus. But that being said, these kids need to be outside and they need to work on that timing and the route running and the fundamentals of their game because when they go back into the season, they want to have a great product, right? That, and sports is going to draw our country back together, right? Like, that's what yeah. it does. That's why it's so awesome. But in order to do so, in order to have a great product, in order for our kids to excel at a high level, they have to have what spring ball does. And what it does is it determines the depth chart. It determines what you need to work on. It's why it's so paramount now that the kids already have an understanding of which all of our coaches, before they go into spring ball, the kids know exactly what they have to work on during spring ball to move up the ladder. Like, that's it. Like, there's a lot of great communication and dialogue between the strength conditioning and, and the football coaches on what the kid needs to do to develop. Now it's up to them to, during this time, enhance those things so when they do come back, they're ready to perform. And it will be very, very evident. Remember, we talk about give a shit factor. Who actually cares during this time that when they come back in, they're in shape, ready to start practice. The NCAA has to give them these practices back. If it was me, I would go very similar to the OTA model where in the NFL you go back and there's some training there's some training weeks associated with that, right? Like two to three weeks of oozing in training and then boom, everybody's into spring ball for, you know, an extended period of time. And it might be three or four practices a week instead of the normal three. And they might have to condense it a little bit, but they still fundamentally have to get that work in. Right. And whether it's padded or not, having one padded practice, having one practice in shell, having two practices with helmets only, they just need the fundamentals more so than anything. Because just like wrestling, Coach Mick will train them through that time. So there's a lot of things that will go into the load, the physiological load on their bodies, the mental fatigue that they'll have from learning a playbook, all of which our coaches can handle. But those are the things that they're already thinking about when they get them back, how's this going to look. And then by having multiple plans in place, whenever the NCAA comes to a conclusion as this is how we're going to proceed, they're just going to modify their plan and hit play. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. But you have to have this time back and now go into the summer Right. And they'll probably have a shortened summer like training period before fall camp. Let the kids go off, be kids for a little bit, come back, boom, fall camp starts. What I what I find so interesting about this Schlegs is that, you know, you you played it at the highest level and I've covered this for a long time. College football and football in general is is different than uh, virtually any other sport because of how reliant you are 
on other people. And uh, you know, if you're if you're a golfer and you know, or a tennis player, you can pretty much resume your training because you're always self-driven and you're the only one that has you know the results are based on you um but and i know that there's an individual element of football but so much of the way you train the way you play the game is relying on on 10 other guys on the field and and 85 other guys on your roster and you go through mat drills together you go through the weight training together and all that accountability is more of a collective thing uh even if it's even if the individual has to live with themselves at the end of the day i just wonder how this will work like if this happened to you in 2006, you know, how that would work, like teammates checking on each other, the accountability factor, because all this is going to be, they're not allowed to be together. And that's just not, you know, that's not the way football works. Well, they are. I mean, you know, if you're living on campus, like AJ and and Nick Mangold live together, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you know, there, I read somewhere too about, you know, social quarantining, meaning couple families get together right and they're kind of self-quarantined together helping each other out it's the same thing right if i mean if they're all healthy but yet they're staying together and they're not going about like you can still work with your teammates and these guys all live together right like i remember when i was working with women's lacrosse like there's probably four or five girls that lived in a house and they, they shared rides together you know over to the facility and like that's already there so they already have people that they can work out with and do things with it's just Hey, this is what we're going to do. And that's where it kind of comes on the coaches through, again, this is, I mean, this is where it goes to the fundamentals of a program. We are a system. We've talked about that before. I know I have on the show about average coaches have quotes, great coaches or good coaches have a plan. Great coaches have a system. And when you teach coaches, when you teach players, the system of how you train over and over again, the point is, that they can spot each other. They can coach each other because that's the accountability that I want on the field, right? This is the time when you can prescribe them certain movements and drills that they can do on their own. Well, guess what? We've taught them so well, they know how to self-coach. Yeah. This is a true testing of a system, right? And I know for me and having coached and played at Ohio State that our guys are set up for success better than others because of how our coaches have prepared them. So the guys are there living with each other if they're not gone, right? And if they do come back, they're still they're going to be with each other. So that will be there for them to do this. And then it will be the coaches checking in with them, you know, virtually, you know, through text message or or, you know, FaceTime on how to do something. But they also got this. They also have the internet, which is a great tool, right? Yeah. So they can go back and look at cut-ups. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about it. They can go back and look at the first three. I mean, they can still do all of this stuff virtually. Right. So I mean, you're seeing this with education now, right? To where yeah. the virtual side, like I know my class for Ohio State at the Fisher College of Business, it's on leadership. The class really wasn't set up for that because it's my interaction with uh-huh. the students, right? But yep. we're going to go where we can do it remote. They're still going to present. They're still going to present, but I'm still and I'm still going to talk. But we're going to do it all on all on online, yep. you know. So there, there there's ways of getting it done, but at the end of the day, you have to be all in, right? right. And, and here's the thing. I truly believe that Ohio State, our guys are all in. Our coaches are all in. They're all about moving, taking one step forward, right? How do I maximize my genetic potential today in the midst of the trials and tribulations of which our world are in, 
because it can't just stop, right? right. Like that's yep. living in fear. We're living for when they say when they say that we can go back to doing work, we're going to go back and do work. But I want to be at my maximum potential through that time. So we're, when I can go out, I can go out and play at a high level. I think that that's, you know, that's a really great point too, Schlegs, because obviously we're talking about that, how it impacts Ohio State football. We know it impacts the entire world, but, you know, we're not just going to drop uh, Letterman Row and turn off the lights for three weeks. We, we're not going to, you know, we didn't want to pull the plug on Letterman Live, even if we couldn't eat at Roosters. This is still their show, and people rely on that every week for their distraction. And I think, I, or I hope that people want uh, to hear this conversation more than ever uh, when they're sitting at home with their self-quarantine and whatever happens. So everybody's got to find ways around this right now. And is this the ideal solution for us and not, you know, not shaking hands and, and crushing mac and cheese bites? No, but this is the situation that we're in right now and we've all got to do the best we can. You know, the, the other thing too is like when you play at a very, very high level, you know, part of the game – is the positive self-talk aspect, right? Mm. I just missed the open field tackle. Well, this is this is a trial to get better. Like yeah. too many people are living in fear. Look at the grocery stores. Look at this. All these different things. It's the self-talk, right? Like I'm telling our kids, like it's getting in the word and loving on each other and being positive with each other. You're not going to stop. Like I'm a small business. I mean, yep. my livelihood is based on selling striking machines and things that I invent. Yep. Well, guess what? They close schools down, but when they open up, coaches are going to want the product. Well, that's why I built a supply chain that's all based in central Ohio because I can get product out to those people. Yep. So it's ultimate, and ultimately, you know that they're not going to pay you because schools are shut down. I sell to schools. Yep. You know, I sell, I got pro athletes now, which is super cool for me like hey listen we ain't going back to work i need a striking machine stat i'm like guess what i got you you know right but i can do that because of my supply chain and the and guess what i still got to pay them i'm not yep. going to go against that so yeah i might have to take out i might have to put some things on a credit card you yep. know so be it but at the end of the day we're going to go back to business as usual and is, are you prepared to do that? And do you have a servant's mentality that you want to go out there and help those people be able to perform? And my business is all about maximizing people, just like our coaches, yep. just like you guys are doing right now. This is a great distraction for people. You know, there's only so much Disney Plus and ESPN <laughs> Plus and, you know, Netflix that you could possibly watch, you know? Yeah, and you yep. throw on a podcast and you get some positive juice and we're talking about something that we all love, which is Ohio State football. There's there's great correlation to what our guys and our coaching staff are going through that we ourselves can go through as a family or as a community. Yeah, that's great stuff, Schlegs. He's the difference. He's attacking and dominating. Uh, we're going to have to make sure that we get that hit up that carry out at Roosters and get him an Italian sub. Uh, oh, so there can... is no doubt. Uh, <laughs> trust me. You know, this, this is the other thing, too, that we've talked about a lot. And I've, I've shared with the, the community of the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer and how it's a family. And, and through the 13 years on the ship, people are now doing philanthropic work. And, you know, the one thing about our, our, our society in the United States is people do live on paycheck to paycheck. Yep. And, and there are people that are going to work and, hey, can I tip a little bit more? Can, can I go and, and get them to you know, do a carry out for our family tonight or, you know, how do I do this 
while also putting other people first in my mind, while also protecting my own. Right. And part of that is losing yourself in this, you know, and, and our kids are understanding that and they have to lose themselves a little bit because, you know, their football and what they, what they do and what they love to do is on hold right now. We have seniors that are in the wrestling program, Colin Moore, you know, a senior number one in the country, right? Not going to be able to fulfill that and win a national championship on which he was on the plan to do all these other sports, basketball, right? We never got to see that. So there, besides the other people that are hurting in our country, like these student athletes are hurting. And it's like, Hey, how do I just come along them, their coaches and serve them? How do I come alongside our people that are working at restaurants and serve them? How do I come along my neighbors and serve them in our community? That's what we got to do, right? Yeah. And which, which is a great focus that we should have right now during this time is how do I, it's not, you know, it's, it's humility. It's not thinking less of, less of myself, but thinking of myself less during this time. Yeah, well said, man. Uh, we're going to let Schlegs get out of here. This has been uh, half I, I of the – I to talk about. You want to talk about stuff? <laughs> We got we got a lot a lot of uh, quarantine coming our way, Schlegs. We got to okay. we got to save up save up some of the content and let you get back uh, outside and and getting those striking machines ready today. The difference, uh, don't use it all up today. We got more coming. All right. Um, okay, I uh, got this, it. I got it. I'll be thinking about it. All right, and this show uh, is actually going to roll on after a quick word. We're going to bring in my buddy Jeremy Birmingham, uh, talk a little bit more about what's going on the recruiting trail and so much more. But right now. Uh, we're going to cut Schlegs Luke's, and we'll be right back on Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart, and we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. All right, welcome back to Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. The fun, casual conversation rolls along, even if you can't see us. Uh, it's very weird for me to just uh, not have Schlegel out here and now not have Jeremy Birmingham uh, at my sidekick alongside to see him and, and roll my eyes at whatever terrible pun he makes, but he is now joining. I'm the sidekick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm Robin. Oh, I, I mean. Good in tights, though. I do look good in tights. Some sidekicks, you know, are, you know, Brooks and Dunn, there's no lead singer necessarily. You just have two sidekicks. So the so they're both Brooks and they're both Dunn? <laughs> you know, you're a Tom Petty and I'm a Tom Petty. And together we're the Heartbreakers. Oh, I lost it there. Okay. Anyway, yeah, my bad. I don't know how, I didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah, so um yeah. I was hoping that we could just keep this segment focused on football, because Schlegs and I talked a lot about coronavirus and, and, you know, the shutting down of, of schools and really the entire country. And uh, I think we're, we're going to be partially successful, but some of this stuff with recruiting, you can't mention that that's all going on independent of the fact that they can't take visits right now. Ohio State and Ryan Day shut all that down. You and I talked about that. Gosh, it feels like seven years ago. It was five days. Um, but somehow Ohio State is continuing to just – stockpile commits in this 2021 class said two names as of the recording of this podcast uh, this letterman live commit there might be more on the way this week 
Like, how are they doing this? How, why is this not even slowing down uh, what Ohio State's building on the recruiting class, Berm? Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I don't know if it's a combination of kids being told, hey, if you're in, get in now, or if it's them saying, well, maybe I just want to secure a spot now because you don't know what happens. Maybe it's people are just bored and think, hey, I need to do something, so may as well commit. Um, it's, it is pretty wild because you, you went from a time frame where everyone's like, hey, I'm going to wait till my visit, and then I'll make a decision maybe after that. And then all of a sudden you're going, oh, maybe I don't need to take visits. Um, I know that the Ohio State staff has done a really good job um, getting conversations going. And people need to understand the dead period doesn't mean – it's a dead period where you can't recruit. You just can't recruit in person. So they can make phone calls. They can make FaceTime calls. They can interact as much as they possibly can without being actually on campus. And so I wouldn't be surprised if you, you know, you're going to hear stories about Ohio state talking to kids and, and putting them on the phone with academic advisors and stuff like that, like in over FaceTime so that they can get these answers to the questions that they would have had. It's almost like a virtual visit in some cases, you know what I mean? And I, I think that they're probably going to be proactive in that respect. And th this dead period sucks for kids who want to be on campus. It certainly is interesting for kids like Travion Henderson, who was planning on being on campus next month. It didn't slow down Ja'Kalen Johnson, who was planning on visiting on the 28th and then the spring game um, from committing. It didn't slow down Devontae Smith from committing. Uh, I, it's not going to slow down Evan Pryor from committing. Um, Andre Turrentine, all of a sudden, a four-star cornerback from Nashville who hasn't really been talked about much on Letterman Row, uh, is making an announcement on Tuesday morning, and it looks like he's going to pick Ohio State. And all of a sudden, there's just this explosion. And again, I don't know. Is it because kids are saying, hey, I need to make this decision? Or is it because Ohio State's saying, you should probably make this decision? <laughs> it's wild how all this works because, you know, sometimes you see these guys that, wow, I'm going to take all five official visits. And if it were me, I would absolutely want to do that. But I think this might, if I'm from my perspective, throwing out a theory there where you're talking about guys taking their spot, the way the recruiting calendar has sped up thanks to the early signing period and the number of guys who want to have a decision based, you know, made before they start their senior year in high school. So they don't have to worry about it. Like, well, that means, Generally, mid-April would be when you want to make that, you know, call. You could potentially do it with camps and stuff in the summer, right? But April is kind of that time frame where a lot of these classes seem to be uh, filling up. And as you said, if you don't jump on and, and get in the mix, there might not be room for you. And also, uh, that what Ohio State might have fifteen commits by the end of this week. Like that's not a, there's not a lot of room to operate there. So if you want to be part of what they're doing. You, you really don't have any choice. You, you're not going to get to take that spring visit that you wanted, but if the football season continues as we expect, you can still come back later. And they're also not signing a letter of intent today, so it's not like they have, they have to 100% make up their minds forever. But it's fascinating how this is working because it's really – I don't think if, if – when you and I got back from the trip last week, I don't think we would have sat there and said, well, they could get four kids by next week without taking any visits. Like – you, there's no way you would have predicted that, right? No, no way. I mean, we did talk on Talking Stuff last Thursday when we were, or Wednesday when we were leaving North Carolina. We mentioned Devontae Smith as a name that, like, we I thought was going to pop soon as far as getting an offer. And you kind of knew once the offer came that the commit was going to come quickly on that one. 
But Ja'Kalen Johnson, I mean, that was just out of the blue. It's like, a, hey, I, he knew all along he wanted to end up at Ohio State. And when plans changed, and, and why play the game, I guess. Um, but beyond that, I personally thought that what we would see in this cycle especially is that the December signing period, um, which has been huge the last two years, like 85 90% of all kids in the country are signing in December, I thought maybe we'd see that number drop to 40 or 50%. So a lot of these kids would end up using January the way they had traditionally. Um, but apparently that doesn't seem to be the case. I guess, the, you know, the internet and the ability to get to know a school without actually being there and then understanding and that a lot of these kids grasp this concept that does it really matter what the campus looks like at the, at the school you want to go play football for? You, you're going to spend... 90% of your time in one building. And, you know, when you're not in class, it's it, that's all you're doing is in one building. So does it matter if there's a nice pond on campus? You know what I mean? Like, does it, does it matter at all? Because you're not, go does it matter what restaurants are on campus? You're not eating there. You're being fed by the football team. Like, that's it. So I don't know if kids are just getting a little bit more pragmatic about this stuff and, 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 uh, avoiding the 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 way that we used to romanticize like campus life in college but maybe they just don't have that anymore so maybe none of that stuff really makes a difference well and i think we'll you will probably find that out because here's another test coming with trey sermon in the graduate transfer portal uh, or in the transfer portal as a graduate and this is one of the more fascinating developments i think uh exists for ohio state i know that they're doing a tremendous job uh, recruiting for 2021 and beyond, but this is a this is a kid who has 2,000 career rushing yards, 25 I believe touchdowns. And he was doing it at Oklahoma, which is a college football playoff contender every year, and one of those five programs that that I list every time we talk that can legitimately win the national championship every year. And he is available. And uh, you know Jonah Jackson came from a very different program last year at, at Rutgers, but this is the same sort of situation in my mind where you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better fit than what Ohio state needs and what Trey Sermon needs or what he likely needs. You and I haven't talked to him yet. Uh, we're still efforting to do that as his process picks up here and he requests, uh, you know, his leave of Oklahoma, but man, this is, it's like, I, I want to know how, how well Ryan day is living his life. Cause everything seems to work out when he needs something, it falls out directly into his lap. Well, you know, all this goes back to recruiting, right? I mean, the Buckeyes did a great job with uh, Trey Sermon back in, in 2016 in the 2017 class. They thought they were in a position back then um, where they where they believed that he would end up at Ohio State. It's sort of like Antoine Jackson, I guess, in a way. Like, sometimes those relationships that you build in recruiting, the relationship that Antoine Jackson had built with, Tony Al uh, with Larry Johnson, when he realized he wasn't in the right fit at Auburn, he just said, hey, Ohio State's where I wanted to be. Maybe it's where I should have been all along. I'm not saying that that's there's that kind of regret for Trey Sermon, and, I, and obviously there's not the instant regret that Antoine Jackson seemed to have, but the offense in Columbus, the relationship with Tony Alford, the familiarity with campus where he has been twice. Uh, he's an Atlanta kid. He's not a guy that really uh, needs, you know, he's not scared of the city life and that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's a great fit for him in Ohio State. I, I think that we need to be careful not to assume he's going to, launch himself into being a, a starter at Ohio state or, or something like that, because there are good running backs on the roster, but 
it's clear that Ohio State's need for a running back is based on the fact that they think that they could use an upgrade at the position. And, and Trey Sermon, if he's healthy, is an upgrade at the position. Yeah, it's not even necessarily just an upgrade, though. I mean, you look at the way he's proven himself before that uh, injury that kind of sidelined him last year. You know, it's just the fact that he's played and Ohio State needs depth. You know, whether whether Master Teague was healthy uh, enough to get through spring ball or those three practices that, that Ohio State had, or if he was on the optimistic end of the recovery time, and able to get back by training camp, which seems pretty unlikely, based still based on everything we've heard, and especially maybe now that you know the activities are going to be more independent and scattered for Ohio State players, that might make it even more of a challenge for him uh, to get healthy and ready for the season. You know, he he is still unproven. You know, he he had great success in September and and got a bunch of carries when J.K. Dobbins was out of blowouts, and he he carved up Indiana, but. He's never been a starter. He's never been a primary ball carrier. Um, Marcus Crowley, for as much as I've talked about him on this show and others, uh, he's coming off of a knee injury and has and he was, you know, getting even less, you know, lesser reps as the third guy behind Master Teague. Steel Chambers now he's only going to have those three practices. He doesn't even get to capitalize on that opportunity in spring ball. And Mayan Williams, you coming in in the summer and you don't know when exactly those workouts might begin. So if you have somebody like Trey Sermon, yeah, I know it's what you're saying that don't don't plug him instantly into the starting lineup, but this is a guy who knows what it takes to get his body ready to compete in major college football games. He's found the end zone two dozen times in, in significant moments. He's played in the horseshoe. He knows Tony Alford. Uh, I, I just don't. It's crazy to me. He could go anywhere. Like I don't. I don't know him. Um, as I said before, I don't know what exactly what he's looking like looking at. But if you're looking at it from the outside. Man, it doesn't. It makes too much sense, and that was the same thing I felt with Jonah Jackson last year. Yeah, and if, if anything, I mean, you certainly want to be sure that you don't pencil him in as a starter, but understand that this anomaly in the schedule and this change of um, routine kind of levels the playing field for a guy who wouldn't be on campus until June, um, especially you know when you're trying to learn a new offense, but. It's again, as I talked about with Mayan Williams in the past, when you're when you're dealing with the running back position, the the intricacies of the position are not really that deep, you know, like take the ball, run like that's it. So as long as he's healthy and and he does have the benefit over a guy um, like Crowley and just that he's got, you know, physical experience in college football. um, But the truth of the matter is Ohio State clearly thought ahead and said, Hey, we're going to see what's in the portal before we make any other sort of grand decisions at running back. And, and as you mentioned, sometimes Ryan day, uh, you wonder if he's just living extremely right. <laughs> yeah. The, the horseshoe that he plays in on Saturdays, that's not the only one. I think there must be another in his office or, or tucked somewhere else the way that he's uh, seemed to be living right every single week. And spe- the other thing, when you talk about the offense there for Trey Sermon, Burn, like, Spencer is is monitoring this uh, back at another remote location as the three of us are still scattered about. But you know there would be times last year where he would be watching Oklahoma and be like, "Hey, he'd see a play and be like that looks exactly like uh, what Ohio State would run, or or that's something that Ryan Day could borrow from Lincoln Riley." I, that offense has a lot of carryover, I think, between Oklahoma and Ohio State, where they're um, you know those are two of the brightest offensive minds in the country, and I don't think that there would be 
a steep learning curve. You're right about the running back part. Like, take a handoff and go. I know it's more complex than that, but uh, easier than, you know, maybe for a wide receiver coming into this system um, or, or any other, you know, offensive line, whatever. Running back is something that you'd think could be a smoother transition, but he should also have, I would think, a little bit of a head start because the concepts and what they're going to ask him to do probably are going to be pretty similar to what he's done his entire career. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think that, again, ever that you're talking about a huge run, learning curve at running back, but certainly playing at a in a detailed offense like the way that Oklahoma runs things. And I don't want to say that Oklahoma doesn't run the ball, but like, you know, their offense is a little bit more like the Ohio State offense with Braxton Miller, um, where it's the quarterback run that's, that's sort of the, the feature. Um, I am interested to see how he handles the different style of running game because Ohio State is a little bit more physical. But when you watch Trey Sermon in 2017 against Ohio State in Columbus, he didn't seem to have any problem getting physical when he needed to. So um, the fit's right. I mean, uh, bottom line, the fit is correct. And if it leads to a decision from Trey Sermon that he ends up at Ohio State, which I I believe ultimately it will, um, I think that you're looking at a guy who is is an important piece of the Ohio State offense next year unless he has some sort of setback injury-wise. All right. Uh, I didn't see you post. I got you. I didn't see you post anywhere your final four for the Taylor Taylor Swift bracket, so uh, I guess you still have to be working on it. I can't talk about that right now. There's too much going on um, to to dive into Taylor Swift uh, or her music. Oh, my. uh, Quite frankly, um, the reality is I think that you almost have to have two tournaments with Taylor Swift because (laughs) the old music is so different than the new music that you can't really compare them uh, straight up. Why not? It's so different. Are you going to compare the Rolling Stones to Garth Brooks and and put them in the same bracket? You can't do that. Those are two different artists. That's all. Okay. This is exactly. And I talked about this last week on our road trip. Some people, might be interested in this kind of stuff. Probably not all of you. You might be turning off uh, Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters right now, and thinking this is stupid. But if you're not, hey, we're trying to get uh, creative with our coverage at Letterman Row throughout uh, the coronavirus lockdown. We may be adding uh, a Road Beers podcast that is Burham and I talking about all of the nonsense that fills our hours when we're not uh, if talking about had Ohio any State football. Idea about the just the random garbage. And, and the way we f- fill our time, I, I, I think people would enjoy it, but I, I do believe that there would be a handful of people who sit there and just punch themselves in the face and wondering why on earth are we listening to the Lonely Island for four hours a day when we're on the road? I, well, I don't really understand I, I mean, why. I don't have any doubt as to why we do because it's yeah. awesome, but um, you know, it's not for everyone. It's part of our lifestyle, and unfortunately, uh, we're not going to get to do that for a little bit. And that's we're not uh, together eating uh, at Roosters today, uh, but hopefully, life gets back to normal. We're at least able to get back into uh, Letterman Row HQ and break some stuff down in person. But we're going to try to find and, and add new content. We're going to try and provide the same uh, stuff that you could always expect from us. I know that this uh, particular episode of Letterman Live is not the way that we've normally done it. We wish that. Uh, this wasn't the case, but we're going to keep uh, plugging away the best we can, finding solutions. We're going to get the video back rolling. We're going to get all together, and we're, we're going to hope to get through this together. We've got a bunch of uh, 
you know, giveaways planned to try and, you know, keep, uh, keep everybody's spirits up if that helps. And, and if you ask uh, Berm a recruiting question of the day or give he and Spencer stuff, uh, they can break down for talking stuff. Or if you send me a question of the day on Twitter, uh, we're going to try and start sending some stuff out. We want to keep uh, you, our loyal audience and Ohio State fans, uh, informed and entertained as best we can uh, over the weeks ahead because we know it's not easy. Uh, hey, we're not we're not enjoying uh, being apart either, but we want to keep talking about Ohio State football. Burn wants to keep talking about recruiting, and then there's a bunch of silly stuff that we might uh, get into as well. Burn, any uh, any lasting uh, memorable words that you want to impart before we head out? Uh, no, I mean just for everyone understand we're we're doing everything we can to keep things normal um, in a time that is decidedly abnormal and. Anything that you out there in the world want us to dive into or talk about or whatever, just there's no bad ideas right now. So let's just, you know, open it up. <laughs> open All right, we'll get up. I'll put that on the SoundCloud. Open it up. Yeah, that would have been a great gift if I could, because I know exactly what that facial expression looked like. And it's, open uh... it up. <laughs> All right, that means when I've lost control of the show. <laughs> ah. That's see on the see that's why Burn wants the other show because he knows that once it gets crazy that's when that show might get good. Uh, it doesn't yeah. work quite as well for Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. So that's my signal to shut it down for this week. Appreciate uh, Schlegs, Anthony Schlegel, the difference attacking and dominating with us uh, over the phone, and Burn uh, for joining uh, me this afternoon as well. When he's got a ton of uh, uh, Burmanologies to film and commitments to break down, uh, busy time on the recruiting front, and we're going to keep filling it with as much coverage as we possibly can at lettermanroad.com. Thanks for joining us. Uh, This has been Letterman Live brought to you by Roosters. We will see you next week, I promise.